Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Tales. This is Mummy Work Okay, thanks. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. Thank you so much for joining me. If you are new around here, my name is Jordan. I'm the host of the Kiwi Birth Tales podcast. I am also a mum of two boys. I've got Jai, who's three, and Ali, who's one and a half. I've got a business baby alongside Kiwi Birth Tales, which is your birth project. Your birth project is an online hypnobirthing course designed to help you create your best birth. It's also an online store with pregnancy, birth, and postpartum related products and a beautiful pregnancy, birth, and postpartum journal that will just become a keepsake for you for years to come to reflect on your pregnancy and your birth, but it also has some beautiful education and yeah, it's just the nicest journal. You have to check it out. (laughs) Go online, um, find at your birth project on Instagram and you can find all of the information there. So today I am bringing you another birth story. I've managed to get two out this week, so I'm patting myself on the back. Um, Today's episode is with the lovely Claudia and she takes us through her journey to pregnancy and birth with her daughter Elsie. She does have a pregnancy loss story to share with us first. So she unfortunately had a uh, miscarriage with a twin pregnancy in 2021. Um, So she's very vulnerable with us and talks about that, I think. Um, one of her sort of main reasons for wanting to come on the podcast was to share more information about that experience because when she was going through it, she wished that there was sort of more out there that she could listen to or find out about. So um, she does talk us through that and then she talks us through her pregnancy with her daughter Elsie, um, her birth story with Elsie and then into what life has been like um, postpartum. Elsie is five months old now so it's been beautiful to hear about her journey. I will let you enjoy the episode. I'd love to hear your feedback. If you want to find me at Kiwi Birth Tales on Instagram or you can head to at your birth project on Instagram. I'd love for you to leave me a rating. If you're listening on an app where you can give a star review or a rating, I would love to hear from you. I appreciate every one of your messages and just am so grateful that you've got me in your ears today. So let's jump into this episode. Hi, Claudia. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I feel like my friends who listen to this are going to know that I am just fangirling. So <laughs> thank you so much. Oh, excuse me. I'm coming off a bit of a sickness. So if my voice gets croaky. <laughs> no, no, you're all good. Amazing. It's very nice to have you here. Um, and would you like to tell the listeners, yeah, a little bit about you and who's in your family? Cool. So I'm Claudia and I'm 25. Um, I'm a primary school teacher I'm working in Hamilton, but my partner, or fiancé now, fiancé and I live in Morrinsville, um, and with our fur baby Ziggy and little Miss Elsie, who is just over five months now. So, yeah, we're very smitten with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amazing. I love her name. That's quite different. I know. Yeah, I had, like, this um, little checklist of things that I wanted, and I wanted something, like, pretty, two syllables, yeah. We had like a few different ones, but um, yeah, Miss Elsie just was the one that we decided. Yeah, everyone raves about her name, so. Yeah, I love it. 
really yeah. nice it, isn't it funny how you have like like your two syllable kind of thing I feel like now we've got two kids with three letter names that if we have any more kids they have to have a three letter name <laughs> I know it just and that's like with me if I have another baby I'm like I can't do like a one syllable because it'll just yes. weird. and now like you can't get to have a name because for a boy we always loved Albie but Albie and oh, Elsie that's that just too much similar yes. so we can't, we can't do that now so we have to yeah. go back to the dream world if we're lucky enough to have another Oh, wonderful. Awesome. Okay, so we're going to talk through, um, yeah, your pregnancy, birth, and postpartum story today. So why don't you start us off with what the journey was like to pregnancy for you guys? Cool. So um, taking me back a couple of years. So in um, about two, oh, January 2021-ish, um, so Leighton and I had been together for, oh, it'll be seven years this year, but or six years, Um we decided that we wanted to try for a baby, but we weren't like, yeah, we weren't too stressed about anything. Mm. We just wanted to kind of see what happened. So I'd been on the pill since I was 16. So a while. So I knew that um, it could like take a bit for my body to kind of adjust back to normality. So I just went off the pill and then I, we just went ahead with doing what we do. And then I still hadn't had a period for three months, I think, from then. Mm. So I ended up going to the doctors and just to check and see what they said and what was normal and whatnot. Um, yeah. And they said that if I still hadn't had a period at six months, then to come back. So I left and we just kept doing what we were doing. And then funny enough, literally pretty much being on six months, I did get a period, which was <laughs> exciting. <laughs> so we kind of just went from there. Um, so just kept doing what we were doing. And then before my, like when I was on the pill, my, um, periods were quite not usual, like they're all over the show. Mm. So I wasn't kind of banking on a period being a sign of pregnancy. So I think my cycles would last like 40 days. So, um, I got, it had been like 40, 45 days and I was like, weird, I haven't had another period since my last one that I had. Um, and then I think I had like one pregnancy test because I had had pregnancy tests that I had done just to, you know, when you think you are, but you're like, oh, and then yes. it was not, not. Um, but then I just did one and I remember it was because we were living with Leighton's parents at the time because we were trying to save for a house and he was in the uh, lounge with his parents watching an All Blacks game and I was like, this is the perfect time to just sneak off and go and do one. So I went and did one and I was just sitting on the toilet and it literally came up instantly, like the darkest line ever. And I was like, no, no way. <laughs> and then I like came back down the hallway and I tried to get his attention. I didn't want to make it obvious. And I was like, babe, like you're trying to wave at him. And then he came down and I just showed it to him and he's like, what does two lines mean? Like, I don't understand. And I'm like, that means that I'm pregnant. And then he was like dying to have a baby, like is wanting to be a dad forever. But I think in that mm-hmm. moment he was just like, holy shit, <laughs> like yeah. this is real. Um, so we kind of just sat for a little bit and we're obviously still living with his parents, trying to save for a house. And yeah, we were in shock. Um, and so I wasn't cre- really sure quite what to do. So I messaged a friend in Morrinsville who had had kids. So I was like, what do I do? Um, and then she said, 
to try and get a midwife. So that's what I did. And because I knew that they were quite hard to come by, some some of them. So <clears throat> I found one in Matamata and her name is Janine and she was amazing. Um, she set me up with some bloods, which said I was about, because I was on the um, Flow app, I think. Mm. And it was telling yeah. me that I was like seven weeks when I took that test. And I was like, oh, gosh, that's, like, further along than I thought. And then mm. went for the bloods. And then I think it pushed me back to, to about five, which was fine. And then she set me up for a dating scan just because we didn't know about my, um, like, cycles and stuff. So, and this was in level three at the time. Um, yeah. And it was actually my birthday. So the 9th of November, I went to the scan. Leighton couldn't come. So I had to go myself. And... Super weird, like, um, Brooke, who was the one I told first, she was like, <clears throat> when I showed her the test, she's like, oh my God, imagine if you're having twins. <laughs> and I was like, why would you say that? Like, don't, don't say that mm. because I do not want to have twins. And then, um, so that was just a funny comment that I remember. And then we went, well, I went, and then she put like the um, thing on my belly and then she was like, oh, I'm going to have to do an internal just because you've seen, um, like less along than um, watch, mm. well, just too small. So she put the probe in and then I just, she was just looking around and I just remember she was, I was like jokingly, I said, oh, there's only one in there, eh? And then she just stopped and paused and she was like, um, I'm just double checking on that one. And I was like, fuck, sorry, excuse <laughs> my language. <laughs> I was yeah. like, F off. And then I, I remember being like, please no. <laughs> Please, God, no, I don't want to do mm. two. And then, long behold, there was two twins. Um, yeah. And my legs at this point were, like, uncontrollably shaking with the thing <laughs> <laughs> inside yeah. me. Um, and then, yeah, so it was – they were identical twins. So I'm not 100% sure, like, the terminology, but they were the ones that I think were sharing a placenta. So there was a lot okay. more risk with them anyway, yeah. which she told me, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, yeah, so I remember she was like, do you want to like call your partner? And I was like, I don't actually know what he's going to say, but we'll, we'll just go with it. So I rang him, put him on speaker and I was like, it's twins. And he was like, he swore as well. <laughs> and then the lady was like cracking up. So yeah, it was twins. Um, so just went along. Oh, I, I ended up telling like quite not a huge amount of people, but like close friends and stuff. Cause it was just so shocking at the mm. time. And we had actually, um, bought, well, been unconditional, no conditional on a house as well in that time. So yeah. a lot was going on with that, just everything. So it was, it was a really crazy time. And I remember they said to me, or the stenographer said, to come back at nine weeks just so she could get some more measurements just because they were so small at the time which was fine so we went off excited happy um so it came to the nine weeks um and we Leighton came this time which was exciting so we got to go together um and then went in and I just, I remember it so vividly, but so we went in and I feel like because I'd seen them at six weeks, I kind of knew what I was looking at and mm. looking for. When I walked in, she was like, um, so why are you here? And I was like, uh, well, they've told me I need to come back just to check because I've, 
I'm pregnant with twins and they want to check mm. um, just some more measurements. And then, which I thought was just like a weird thing to ask me, like, obviously, why am I there? Um, and then, so she put it on my belly and then straight away she was like, oh, it's not looking good. And then I was like, okay. So mm. straight away I, I started crying. And then I think mm. Leighton was just a bit in shock because he had obviously like never been to one before and we yeah. were so excited for him to see. Um, and then she's like, I need you to, um, we'll have to do an internal just to check. So she put it in and then you could just tell it was like pretty dull inside. Mm. So she said that, um, I had had a missed miscarriage. Um, so it doesn't, it didn't look like they had grown much from my last scan. So Mm -hmm. they were still embryos at that point. Um, so that was obviously devastating. Um, so yeah very upsetting um we had to so we left and then there were they were like the early pregnancy clinic will get in contact with you probably within the next day so um I left there I ended up going to my parents house late and went to his parents house just to see them um just did a lot of crying it was very sad I think everyone Mm. was just still it was still like such a a whirlwind because we'd obviously only just found out I was pregnant and then like being excited for about two weeks and then Mm -hmm. just yeah losing them which was really hard um so then yeah I got contacted by the pregnancy clinic and at that point I was like pretty sure that I wanted to go ahead with the DNC just because I was a teacher and I like was petrified that if I left it and had to go back to school something would happen at school and I just Mm -hmm. was super scared to see anything or obviously while I'm teaching so I was had that in my mind and then they rang and she obviously had to go through all of the risks which put me right off and I was like Mm. she just explained it terribly she was just like oh well we go in um not that she didn't say we go on blind but it was pretty much like they just put something up there and she was like and we scrape the uterus like scrape was the words that she used and she's like and that's what like the risk is popping the uterus and all this and I yeah I I at that moment I was like oh I don't know like I fully Mm -hmm. just I broke down on the phone to her and I said I don't know what I want to do like it was really hard and then um so she said I'll ring back tomorrow and then we'll chat again so got off the phone and then I talked to another friend who I knew had had one and I was like what like what do I do and I and she had gone on to have kids so I knew it wasn't Mm -hmm. like the risks were minor and so I decided to go ahead with the DNC so I think that was the Monday was when we found out about the losing the twins and then I was able to get the DNC on the Friday um so yeah we went in and talked to the gynecologist and I told her about how I was a little bit um, standoffish about it and she was mortified about how they explained it to me because she was mm. like it's not like that at all like we um she said it's pretty much just like a little straw that like sucks sucks them out rather than yeah. like scraping around she said that they haven't done that for a long time so she's mm. was annoyed that that's what they had said to me yeah. um yeah so that the whole team they were amazing and the yeah, anaesthetist. Yeah. She said to me, because um, she had had a few miscarriages, so we were just talking about that, and she told me that she planted um, roses for all of the ones she had, so that mm-hmm. gave me the idea to do that. So um, 
I ended up getting the twins sent away to be tested just to make sure there wasn't any like ab- abnormality for like future. Yep. Um, so we had to wait a while to get them back. I think it was after Christmas. Um, and this was in early December. So yeah, my mum and I went to the hospital or to the morgue and got them and then brought them back and we bought a rose, which is really nice, which is sitting, um, on our patio, which is really nice. So yeah. it's there to remember them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was obviously not what we, like I had heard of so many miscarriages and like, I know it's common, mm. but when it actually happens to you, like, yeah. you just don't obviously think that it's going to yeah. happen. It just changes. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Which yeah crazy. yeah oh, I'm yeah. sorry for your loss and I think you're right it's like there's so many people out there that we hear about that have them and we sort of just think oh that won't happen to me and then yeah yeah it does and it's just awful so I'm really sorry for your loss oh, thank you and I think as well with Leighton like it, it was quite it affected him quite a bit as well I think because mm. he obviously like from a male's perspective, just obviously they can't do much, but mm. he's thinking, yay, pregnant. But then obviously <laughs> to like, to lose them, yeah, was hard. Um, yeah. But yeah, but then that goes on to Miss Elsie. So <laughs> um, we, obviously, so losing the twins, we like realized from then we were like, right, we knew we wanted babies then but we definitely want babies now <laughs> so mm. we just oh, I had to wait about six weeks until my period came back and I got one period um and I remember again my periods were so I had one period and then it had been another cycle so it was about 40 days still hadn't had it so I was like this is weird but it was Leighton's 30th birthday party and <laughs> I thought I cannot not drink at this birthday party. Like I need one last hurrah. So (laughs) I purposely didn't test. I tested after the birthday party, thank God, because if I had have done what I did, I would not be (laughs) be a terrible mother. So that was a great little last, last fun time. Um, Yeah. And then took a test and I just, I just had a feeling. I was like, I just know. So then I just left it up on the um, drawers, walked out, walked back in after three minutes and then it was a really evident dark line. So I just knew and I came out to late and I was like, I knew it. I so knew. And then it was exciting for about five minutes. And then it just straight away went to like, Oh, but is it like, is it going to happen? Like, so that was tough because obviously the first time we were so happy, but it's, it's quite hard to um, be excited obviously from, yeah what has happened already so we just didn't want to get our hopes up so we Mm. definitely didn't tell as many people um and I had like all these plans to like I bought these um from Etsy they're like these scratchies that are like pregnancy announcement scratchies oh yes I've seen those yeah I I wanted to do them for my parents and Leighton's parents but because it was just such a I didn't want to give their hopes up as well so we just kind of sat on it for a bit, um, which which was sucky because like we wanted to be excited, but it was just hard to yeah to be excited yeah. Um, and then so I got in contact with Janine again, and so she set up a dating scan. So we went to that. That was obviously that like first six weeks was terrifying to like go there. Mm. 
and then but there was a heartbeat which was amazing and then but what I got scared about was they again had to do an internal so it was like Mm. all kind of deja vu and I was like and I was six weeks as well they had to do an internal and blah 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 and I was like oh it just seems like too good to be true Mm -hmm. um and then I didn't have I didn't get another scan until 12 weeks so that was probably the hardest time was from like six weeks to 12 weeks you just had to yeah just coast until then and we obviously didn't want to tell anyone because Mm. we were just worried that it was yeah she wasn't going to last so yeah were you doing anything like anything that helped with your anxiety around your pregnancy or like your mental health in that stage to be honest not really and I feel like yeah later we probably should have but I feel like we were yeah yeah not good (laughs) for each Mm. other like one of us would kind of um might start up about something and then we wouldn't want to talk about it just like yeah I think yeah it was hard because we we Mm. wanted to be excited but yeah yeah. and then vice versa like he would get excited for a bit and then I wouldn't want to talk about it and then I would Mm. get excited and want to talk about it but he would kind of shut down about things so and which is fear which I understand um, um yeah it was tough yeah and did you have many pregnancy symptoms in your first trimester? Yeah, so with LC, I was really sick at the beginning. So I wasn't vomiting, but just violently gagging. And it was always <laughs> in the morning, which was horrible. But then that was another thing that would play on my mind. Because if I wasn't sick one day, I'd be like, <gasps> like, oh, yeah. like something's happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I remember um, I had some bleeding. I can't, it must have been... Oh, no, this must have been before my six-week scan, but it was the implantation bleeding, I think. But Mm -hmm. at that point, I thought that it was me losing her, so that was scary as well. So just, like, little little things to set me off. But, um, yeah, the being sick was, like, a good thing and a bad thing. Like, I was happy that I was, but it was not nice. (laughs) Like, it was was horrible, especially when I, yeah, had to work and being in front mm. of kids as well, being hungover <laughs> with kids <laughs> all day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. that was, yeah, once we, that stopped at about 14 weeks, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then got to the 20-week scan. And then, yeah, everything seemed to be, tri- like, that was also really scary as well. Um, I feel like each milestone I got to, I'd be like, okay, let me just get to this one, and then I know I'll be fine. But I'd get to mm-hmm. it. And then I'd like be like, oh, I have to, I'll wait to the next one to, you know, yeah. just to be sure. So yeah, yeah it was. And um, another thing that was like really hard was um, our Leighton's brother and his <clears throat> fiance, they actually lost their daughter at 29 weeks. So mm-hmm. that was another thing that yeah. was, yeah, it was, yeah, that was, that was really obviously devastating. So in that, I think heightened my anxiety even more because sure, yeah. you just never know. And yeah. It, yeah. It was just hard, hard times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think with, um, yeah, obviously when we got to the 20 week scan and we still hadn't even revealed to any, oh, a few like close friends and family, but hadn't done any like announcement or anything. Yeah. But I knew that I wanted to, <clears throat> after the 20 weeks and we found out, found out that, um, the gender that we would do a gender reveal and then, and then kind of like post it for everyone to see. Um, yeah. So we 
got to the scan and it was all great. Everything was amazing. Um, and then we told her that we didn't want to know the gender just to put on a little card. And I remember leaving and Leighton was like, just give me the card. Just let me look at it. And I'm like, no, like we're going to do a gender reveal. So we had heaps yeah. of people come over, which was really cool. Like it was the first time that we had actually celebrated, I think, about the whole thing. So that was mm. awesome. And then, yeah, did the pink popper and out she came. And she was a wee girl, <laughs> which was exciting. And I remember Leighton said, I think I'd always wanted a girl, but at that moment... I realized I wanted a boy. <laughs> I was like, oh, getting the girl. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, no, but that was amazing. So, yeah, and then we just yeah. kept going on. Yeah, awesome. And how were you feeling in the sort of second half of your pregnancy? And, yeah, what was the third trimester like for you? So I, I definitely feel like my anxiety was heaps better. Like it was clearly happening, mm-hmm. which um, was was good but I had quite bad um acid reflux and heartburn if those like the same things but I remember Mm. I would wake up I would do it to myself really I'd eat lots of chocolate and (laughs) spicy food which are like the things you shouldn't be eating um but in like the middle of the night I'd wake up like vomiting just acid it was so bad um so that that pretty much went right up until um I had her um, and then another thing I, well, I feel like I just sound like I suffered this whole pregnancy, but it was great <laughs> at some points. No, um, I, I found my body changing really hard. Like I, yeah, I had seen like women were always so, um, just glowing, blah, 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 but mm. just stretch marks and all that I found really hard. So that was hard to navigate. And I was swollen like a ball. It was disgusting. <laughs> my feet were like, the only shoes I could wear were my Burks, And I had to unbutton them all the way to the very last like hole. And still, even mm-hmm. then when I'd take them off, like I had giant puff, like puff balls where they would go in the creases. It was really bad. And having to be on my feet all day at school was quite yeah. hard. Yeah. Um, and I worked up until... 38 weeks so um because I I'm I'm going back it's actually really sad I'm going back on the 20 27th of April so it's only six months that I've taken um so I wanted to try and work up as much as I could so I'd get more on the other side worked and worked and worked and then I finished on the 4th of November so it was a big day we had like a stall market day at our school so I was on my feet all day um but yeah it was a nice it was a nice send-off I think which was awesome yeah amazing and how were you feeling at that stage did you have any like signs of um labor coming or yeah what did you what were those final few weeks like um not really like I'd had some tightenings and then some period pains, but never together. So they were always mm. like separate. Um, yeah. I was just super heavy <laughs> and mm-hmm. just hot. And yeah, as everyone feels, I suppose, at the end. But I was just super yeah. happy to um, finish school and have some time, or what I thought, mm. to <laughs> rest. Little yeah. And had you done any <laughs> antenatal classes or like birth education or anything like that? So I literally had your tab open for your birth project, like my whole pregnancy. 
<laughs> I just never got around to um, actually doing it. And but I mm. had the is it Iron Maze um, Guide to Childbirth? Is that the book? Oh yes, the book. Yeah, it's called. Yeah, so I think I read like oh maybe like ten pages of that, and like at twenty weeks, and then I said no, it's all good. Like I'll sit, I'll do everything once I'm. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today off work so I can actually just stay in bed and just do stuff so clearly anyone who's listening do not leave everything to us because you can have a baby in that time (laughs) yeah Yeah. so we I felt prepared like I'd listened to Mm. even before I was pregnant I'd listened to so many of your podcasts so I felt Mm -hmm. like I knew everything under the sun that I needed to know um yeah so I feel like that was good enough for me I suppose and I was just ready to go with whatever whatever happened I wasn't too fast just whatever needed to happen I was happy yeah and were you planning to birth in hospital um no originally I was always thought I was um wanting to birth in a hospital but obviously with COVID still a thing you could only Mm. have one birth partner and I knew I wanted Leighton my mum and Leighton's mum to be there so I um so Janine my midwife, she's based in Matamata, but there's a, um, like a hospital in Matamata called Poland Hospital, and they've got a birth center there as well. So we, I just birthed, I was planning on just birthing there, which was fine, but then I was like, from Morrinswood to Matamata is about 25 minutes drive. <laughs> so that was one thing in my head, and I was like, oh my God, that's going to be <laughs> the worst ever yeah. <laughs> which it was <laughs> yeah 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 awesome and do you want to take us through um your labor starting so was it spontaneous how far along were you and then into your birth story cool so so obviously I'd finished school on the fourth um which was a massive day and then the Saturday um we literally had not set up the new well we did there was like all the big stuff was there but I had had a baby shower at my house, a baby shower that school organized for me and also parents bringing me so many gifts. So you would not believe how much gifts it was. We literally did not, I think we literally didn't buy any clothes for her until she was born. Well, not even born, like way, like three months in, like one or two things. She's just had so much stuff, which is amazing. We're so lucky. Um, but we would walk past her bedroom and just look at all the bags and be like, we really have to sort this out. Like, and Leighton would just, he just didn't know what to do. He was just standing and he's like, you need to seriously sort these bags out and put everything away. So I got my mum to come over and my cousin. And on that Saturday, we literally just knuckled down, washed everything, dried everything, folded everything, put everything away. Like got all of the toys out, just put everything in its place. So by the end of Saturday, literally it was finito ready to go which was great and I must have just been in a nesting mode because I pulled like the couch covers off my couch like I was on my hands and knees like lifting my couch trying to like get everything off 
and they were like, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know, I'm just, everything needs to be clean, which I thought was so weird hearing people say that, but it's a thing. And then, um, so, and then that, that afternoon, and I had not napped through like the whole pregnancy, or since the first trimester, but I was never much of a napper in that afternoon. I think I slept from like three till seven, and I was, I thought that was really weird that I had napped because it was so unusual. Little, it was probably my body getting ready for what was to come. (laughs) And then, I remember the Sunday I woke up at about six o'clock and I had period pains and tightenings at the same time and I had never mm-hmm. felt it before. So I thought that is something different. That's weird. I didn't want to say anything to Leighton because I didn't want to like get his hopes up or not his hopes up because I don't think he was that excited about when I told him. <laughs> um, but so... I was planning on going into Hamilton that day to buy like um, breastfeeding bras and pajamas for the birth center. So I was planning on going to meet mum at the base. Um, So I just kept going. So they were pretty consistent, well not consistent, they were about like 20 minutes they would come and go, but it was like not stopping. Um, And then I remember telling Leighton, I was like, "Um, I think there might be something happening just just saying and then he's like oh are you sure like you don't think it's just like you know I don't know something else and I was like oh I don't know I'll, I'll just go to Hamilton and I'll see what happens so I got like had a shower got myself organized and was dressed and then they were kind of like they were still um like quite far apart but when they would happen I actually did have to stop and kind mm. of like they were there like I couldn't just walk yeah. through them and I thought, I probably shouldn't go into Hamilton or drive because that <laughs> might not be good. So I rang mum and I said, I don't know if something's happening, but I think it might be, but I'm just going to stay here just in case. And then she was like, okay, I'm coming. So she literally came over within like the half an hour. And then I messaged my midwife. Oh, and it was so funny. I, I said, I think something's happening, blah, blah, blah. Like, what should I do? And she goes, hi, I've just got home from two births since Thursday and it was so it was Sunday and I was like awesome that's great and she's like I'm just going home for a sleep and I said okay so she was like let me know if like, it keeps going it might just be um like coming to the end of pregnancy type stuff mm. so then it didn't go away it kept coming mm-hmm. um so I remember Oh, I must have like a few hours later just messaged her again and been like, look, it's not. Oh no, she messaged me actually at one o'clock. So this was at like 9am. She messaged me at one o'clock in the afternoon and said, right now I'm going to bed. I just had to go and check another woman. Is there a full moon I don't know about or something? And I was like, oh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure this is happening. <laughs> so go and have a sleep. Um, so she must, she was like so busy. Um, and then, yeah, so they just kept coming. And then I think it got to about, like, 4 o'clock. And they kind of, not died off, but the length between them was, like, half an hour to 45 minutes. And I mm. thought, oh, maybe it's nothing. Um, And then it ramped up again. And I was just, yeah, just going through them. And I think it got to, oh, I was about 11.30 at night. They were, like, really ramped up. And they're about two to five minutes apart. So I rang Janine again. 
but she was like look we don't I don't want you to get here and then like have to be sent back like I'd rather you know that when you get here it's like game on so she was like try and like aim for them to be around three minutes apart consistently for an hour so I was like Jesus kill me (laughs) so I think so mum went and had a sleep she didn't really sleep she was just she was super like nervous because Mm -hmm. she was like you want us to drive further away from Waikato Hospital? Like, she, that just didn't sit right with her, but it was what, it is what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was having a sleep, Leighton was sleeping. Janine was like, just try and have a sleep. And I was like, there's no effing way I'm sleeping through these. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then Leighton's mum was having a sleep as well. So everyone was here, but I was just walking up and down the hallway. Um, and then it got to about 1.30 a.m. And I was just like, nah screw this so I rang her again and I was like seriously I have to come this is this is too much so she was like okay cool get in the car so we got in the car that was the most horrific I didn't have a seatbelt on sorry police (laughs) I was like over the back of the seats it was horrible um but mum actually got there in a really good amount of time so I I don't know if she was feeding but it didn't actually feel that long which was good um and when I got there I was nine centimeters, so I was. Oh, wow. So that was right. Yeah, that, so that was two o'clock. So I got there. Yeah, it was nine centimeters. Nine centimeters, but my waters hadn't broken yet. And I think she was saying to me how there was like the lip of my cervix or something mm-hmm. needed to like come across a bit more. Yeah, I think that's what she was saying. Yeah. Um So at that point, I was like, "Holy crap, nine centimeters! That's crazy." So just expecting you know, it to happen soon, but mm. that didn't happen. So, um, just heaps more contractions. Um, and then I feel like I did, I, a lot of this is now like a blur, but I, I did remember st- I started pushing and then I must've been like down the side of the bed, like in a squat position and I was pushing and then that's when my waters broke. I don't know what time that was though. And then from there, it kind of like ramped up heaps. I got in the pool for a bit, which was like amazing. But I, I don't know. I feel like I was not pushing the right way. Like I would, the first push I would not get right. And then Janine would kind of feel down and be like, you need to push like into this part. And then like the second and third I'd get, but the initial one I would, I don't know. It was, it's, it's like Mm. such a mental like trying to figure out where everything goes um so and I found like obviously the contractions were horrific but just the mental side of it like you're pushing with everything you've got Mm. but nothing's showing for it well not for so long and I just found that so like I had obviously been awake since 6am Saturday oh Sunday and Mm. it was now like I don't even know what time it was it was definitely into into (laughs) like early hours of Sunday Um, I mean, Monday. And so I was like pushing heaps. And then I ended up getting on the bed on my back, which I thought would be like the last position I would be in. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Janine and her um, other midwife that she works with both like had my legs and I was like pushing against their their arms. And that was the best position for me. So then I was just pushing, pushing, pushing. And then... um, Finally, they like said, "Oh, they we like we can see her head," but then she would like disappear, and then like she'd mm. come back, and then she'd disappear, and then when they were like, "She's there, she's staying there," like this thing switched in me, <laughs> where I was like, "Right, 
get her out of me. So I don't <laughs> yeah. even think I waited for contractions. I just pushed so hard. Yeah. And like, cause Leighton wanted to catch her. Um, so he was like, <laughs> so I was like, I'm, I was like, I remember being like, get her out of me. And then I pushed real hard. And then she literally just, oh, her head came out. And then, yeah, her whole body just shot out so fast. I think Leighton might have just caught her along with Janine <laughs> at the same time because she came out so fast. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then she was born. And so she was born at 6.48 a.m. So it was pretty much 24 hours from start to finish. So I was yeah, wow. exhausted at that point. Yeah. I, was, I actually fell asleep in between pushing and I was snoring and I woke myself up to snoring and I was like, was I just snoring? And they're like, it's okay. Yeah. You're super tired. But yeah. yeah, I was exhausted. So I was, thank God that was over. Thank yeah, God. Wow. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah. So interesting. Like 24 hours of labor is obviously such a long time, but yeah. When you think about your progression to nine centimeters, it was actually quite, yeah. Which like quite I quick, was, right? Yeah, but then it, but also like I was a friend of mine who birthed at Poland. She said that she was like, I don't know what the, it was meant to happen, but if you're pushing for like longer than two hours, it's kind of, you're meant to get um, transferred to a hospital or like, yes. like a hospital yeah. over. so I don't actually know how long I was pushing for. Um, yeah. And obviously eventually she did come out, which was fine. And if I had, had to have gone to Waikato, it would have been. I think that would have just been crazy. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it was long. <laughs> but she mm, came out mm. fine and, and crying <laughs> and happy. And, yeah, so it was amazing. It was yeah. an amazing, amazing moment. Yeah, awesome. And did they pop her straight up onto your chest? Yeah, they did. Mum's got a video of because she wrote recorded mm. it because I was like, I've recorded I want to see, I want to watch after. Um, mm. And when she gets on my chest, I'm literally just like, oh my god oh my god just I'm in yeah. shock but it was yeah. crazy yeah yeah it was such oh, an unreal experience yeah so cool and did you have any tearing from your birth I had a like a tiny little graze on the inside um yeah. which yeah I was terrified about tearing or getting hemorrhoids, that was another thing that I was so terrified <laughs> of getting, which I didn't, which was amazing. But yeah, that, the greys, even though it was small, it's still like going for a wee was yeah. excruciating. Yes. <laughs> but oh my I'm, gosh, yeah. <laughs> I'm very lucky that that's all I had. So I was counting my lucky stars, but yeah, still, that was not fun. <laughs> I reckon the grazing is a funny one because like with a tear, you get stitches that sort of close the area right yes. but when you have a graze it's like open or like you know the the skin is open so when you wee it freaking stings I honestly like mm. I would have to get to the oh I think I when I was at the birth center I every time I needed to go to the toilet I would just get into one of the showers and put the shower head yeah. like down there yeah. and like try yeah. and like yeah. little bits at a time <laughs> it yes. was so scary <laughs> yeah that was yeah. horrible yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And what sort of happened from there? How long did you stay in the birth center? And what was the next, yeah, like, you know, day, couple of days, like after giving birth? So we stayed, so I had her on the Monday and we stayed at the birth center until Thursday, um, which was amazing. Like, honestly, I, those are just the most amazing places ever. Like the, yeah. the nurses there were just incredible. Like 
we, I think the whole time we were there, we had every single nurse that works there on shift. So we <laughs> were like, it was just so cool. Like they would come in and just like talk to us and yeah, they were amazing. Um, and they actually said like, if we wanted to stay another night, we could, but I think we were kind of not ready to go home, but I was like, like I could have stayed there to be honest. <laughs> I feel like it was good to like go home and like we needed to go home Mm. to like get Mm. into a new routine but Leighton actually went back to work on that Thursday so I yeah so I spent the day at the birth center and his mum came and spent the day with me um and then yeah that night he finished work and then we went yeah went back home and I remember getting home and I did not want to get her out of her car seat because I was just so scared. Because <laughs> I was like, yeah. her like her bassinet's not the same as the one at the birth centre. She's not going to sleep. Or like the bed doesn't go up and down, like the bed that they had. It out. <laughs> like All these things that I was like, oh no. But yeah, yeah, we, yeah, that first few weeks were, they were hard. Like newborn mm. is hard. Yeah. <laughs> Very <Ooh>. hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How did you find like the the adjustment and what did those days and nights look like for you? Like if you could go back and tell yourself this is what it was going to look like, what would you have explained? Like what did the sleeping look like and what did learning to breastfeed look like and everything like that? I remember when we were at the birth centre, oh, because we tried to get her to latch when like she was born, but I always thought that I had quite good like breastfeeding nipples like you know how like mm. <laughs> I don't know if that's kind of weird but no, I always I thought they were going to be fine but they were quite f- flat when she would try and latch yeah so she didn't latch very well so I used a nipple shield for um like the first oh gosh about three months of yeah, yeah of her being alive um which was fine but I I feel like I always kind of had uh, low supply anyway like I never felt yeah. super confident about how much milk I had um and then with the sleep I mean you can't even explain that that's just like <laughs> yeah that's that's nuts like I feel yeah. like yeah <laughs> you don't get much of it I feel like a lot of it was her asleep on my chest um in the bed <laughs> yes yeah. yeah but you like it, it definitely goes away and I feel like that's probably one thing that I'll tell anyone is just it's not forever like mm-hmm. it gets better honestly gets yeah. better so when she was I think just under three months um I was changing her and I noticed like a this big lump on the inside of her groin and I was like that's weird like I didn't mm-hmm. see that it must have been like 10 o'clock in the morning so I didn't see it in that early morning and I was like I rang mum and I put her on FaceTime and I was like is this normal? And she's like, go to the doctors. And I was like, okay. So I took her to the doctors and then they had no idea what it was. It was like a, it was rock hard, like this mm. hard as lump. And so they sent us to the hospital and then we, that like, were like, had all these um, ideas about it. They thought it might've been like a hernia or a hematoma. Mm. And then with either of those, they said that, they would have to operate on it and I was yeah Mm. I that was super scary and then it came out later that night that it was actually a infected lymph node in Mm. her groin which was super random and I searched it up and they said usually those are caused by your body trying to fight an infection and what I think Mm. caused it 
was she had like quite bad ingrown toenails on her big toes that we were trying to get like um, healed for so long, but they were like pussy. So I think Mm. that might've been what it was. That's the only thing I can um, nail it down to, but. It's really common, eh? The the, um, ingrown toenails on newborns. I didn't know that either, but yeah, I remember my midwife saying that when Ali had a little ingrown toenail when he was a newborn. Oh, they were horrible. Like I Mm. could see it kind of happening because they're like inverted almost, mm. but I was the worst. Like I would, I would get my, my tweezers and because there was all this gunk underneath them and I'd try and like pick mm. them out and Leighton would hear like, um, it just silence. And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, nothing. <laughs> doing anything. Um, but yeah, we think that's what caused it. So we spent the night in the hospital, which was horrible because the mm. only beds that they had there were just giant cots and she hadn't obviously slept in a cot. So yep. she slept on me the first night in a chair. And then, so we left that day, but they wanted us to come back um, every second day just to check it because it wasn't going away. Um, and then on that Friday, we went back and they said that they were going to have to operate on it just to like open it and drain it. So, yeah, they had to take her away mm. and she had to go under anesthetic, which was super scary. Um, yeah. And then... Yeah, so one of the nurses were like, it was super, super gnarly, apparently, the pus in there. So I'm glad mm. that they were able to do that, which was good. And everything went fine. And you wouldn't have even known that there's anything. That she's got a little scar. Um, yeah. But then we had to stay the night in the hospital again that night. And I put her in the cot that night, and she slept the whole night. And I was like, no way. So... Mm. I remember getting home and I said to Leighton, right, we are going to put her in her own room. Like this <laughs> is the perfect time to do this. So yeah. And from then she's like pretty much slept, well, touch wood. <laughs> she slept <laughs> pretty much through from like, uh, from then it was about wow. eight o'clock till six. Yeah. And um, yeah, which has been amazing. But um, her day sleep was really bad. And I ended up, um, being told to, I don't know if you've heard about it, um, but it's called the Family Centre in Hamilton. Mm-hmm. It's like this big house and they've got all these um, registered nurses. And yeah, I went there and they, they literally just help you with anything like baby-wise that could be feeding or like sleeping, whatever. And literally from that day, she, because before it was contact napping and she would only... Um, just have cat naps through the day but she mm. literally from when we went there I think it was about just over three months she has she can self-settle now and she sleeps like hour and a half to two hour naps now during the day it's yeah. honestly it was the best thing I ever did so yeah. if anyone is in Hamilton go to this place I'm telling you <laughs> <laughs> they are yeah. just they are amazing so I'm yeah. yeah that has just made it like so much easier now like I feel like I was, yeah, it was hard. Obviously, you couldn't do anything if she's sleeping on you. Mm. And obviously, me going back to work, I just felt super bad if her home, because we're putting her into home base, yeah. um, that she was going to have to rock her to sleep or have her sleep on her for like two hours. I was like, that cannot yeah. happen. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so now she's amazing. And she's still asleep from when we started. So, yeah, <laughs> so good. <laughs> Awesome. And is there anything else that you want to add to your story that we haven't already talked about or yeah, just anything else that you think is relevant? 
I did. I was um, thinking when I was pregnant with Elsie, all I really wanted was, um, like, obviously losing the twins. And, like, Mm. miscarriage was talked about, but I felt like not a lot of depth talked about. I don't know. I just felt like Mm. when I was pregnant with her, all I wanted to hear was someone else that had had a miscarriage and like felt the way that I felt so Mm -hmm. that's yeah I think that's why I was just like so passionate about coming on here and sharing it because I was like if there's someone else out there that like is right now in the position of has lost a baby and is Mm. pregnant with another one like it is okay and it's gonna get better and you'll get through it (laughs) because yeah I think it's so scary but and sometimes you feel like you're not content right up until like I feel like to be honest deep down I wasn't super like I was still fearful right up until mm-hmm. she was born so like mm. and that can happen so yeah yeah it gets yeah absolutely here. it's hard at the beginning but it does get eventually <laughs> and she's amazing she's like so happy and just yeah such an amazing baby we're very very lucky yeah fantastic well thank you so much Claudia for coming on the podcast and sharing your story with us all I think you're so right about like the conversations around miscarriage and pregnancy loss and and how we share those and how isolating it can be so I'm very grateful that you were so vulnerable and open with us and I know that this episode will help lots of people so thank you very much thank you so much Thanks for listening to another episode of Kiwi Birth Tales. I will be bringing you another bonus episode tomorrow and then a birth story on Tuesday. So make sure you check back in for the next episodes. Have a beautiful long weekend. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.